The clang of hammer on anvil was a rhythm I'd grown up with, a song of sparks and sweat that told of hard work and harder steel. My life as a blacksmith in this dark kingdom had always been about shaping metal, not wielding it. The village, nestled under the ever-present shadow of the castle, had changed over the years. Once a vibrant community, it now lay subdued, its spirit crushed under the weight of fear and darkness. On that fateful day, the sun had already dipped below the horizon, painting the sky in hues of deep orange and purple as I made my way home. The streets were unusually quiet, the usual chatter of the townsfolk replaced by a tense silence that clung to the cobblestones like morning fog. I pushed open the door to our small, thatched roof house, expecting the familiar sound of my sister humming a tune or the sight of her sitting by the fireplace, lost in her needlework. But the house was silent, unnervingly so. A sense of dread coiled in my stomach as I called out her name, each shout more desperate than the last. Then I saw it. A piece of parchment, crudely torn and stained, lay on the wooden table. The message was scrawled in a jagged script, the letters like twisted branches in a haunted forest. Taken for the collection, it read. My heart froze. Everyone in the kingdom knew of the bone collector, a twisted soul who kidnapped people for their bones, each victim chosen for some macabre uniqueness in their skeleton. The realization hit me with the force of a blacksmith's hammer. My sister, with her delicate, bird-like frame, had caught the collector's eye. Panic and fury coursed through my veins. I was not a warrior. My hands more accustomed to the heat of the forge than the cold grip of a sword. But in that moment, a resolve as hard as the steel I worked with every day was forged within me. I would venture into the lair of the bone collector. I would face whatever horrors lay there, and I would bring my sister back, ending his reign of terror once and for all. I moved swiftly, my actions fueled by dread and determination. First, I turned to our father's chest, a relic of his days as a guard before injury relegated him to a quieter life. Inside, I found his old sword, the blade still sharp, a silent promise of protection. I strapped it to my side, feeling its unfamiliar weight. Next, I gathered a few essentials, a coil of rope, a flask of water, and a small crude map of the area surrounding the collector's rumoured lair. The night had fully descended by the time I stepped outside, the moon a sliver of silver in a sea of black. The village felt like a ghost town, its inhabitants hiding behind bolted doors and shuttered windows. I made my way to the local tavern, the only place I knew that might still hold some semblance of life. The door creaked open to reveal a handful of patrons, their conversations quiet, eyes darting nervously. The tavern keeper, a burly man known as Old Garrett, looked up from polishing a mug. His gaze narrowed as he took in my stance and the sword at my side. Looking for trouble, blacksmith? he asked, his voice low. No, I replied, my voice steady, despite the pounding in my chest. I'm looking for information. My sister has been taken by the bone collector. Silence fell over the tavern. A few patrons crossed themselves while others avoided my gaze, their discomfort evident. Old Garrett sighed, setting down the mug. You're not the first to go after him, lad. And like those before you, 
You won't find much help here. The Collector is a curse we've learned to live with. Best not to poke a sleeping bear. But that's my sister! I insisted, my hands clenching into fists. I can't just leave her to that monster! Garrett eyed me for a long moment before leaning in. If you're set on this fool's errand, then listen well. Avoid the main path into the forest. It's watched. Take the old mill road until you reach the Widow's Creek, then head north. And may the gods have mercy on you. With those words, I left the tavern, the weight of my task settling on my shoulders like a mantle of iron. The old mill road was a narrow, winding path, its cobblestones overgrown with moss and neglect. Moonlight filtered through the gnarled branches of ancient trees, casting long, haunting shadows across my path. I moved, every sense heightened, aware that the bone collector's minions could be lurking anywhere in the darkness. As I neared Widow's Creek, a sudden rustling in the underbrush set my heart racing. I drew the sword with a swift, silent motion, holding it before me. The rustle grew louder, and then, without warning, figures emerged from the shadows. They were grotesque, misshapen things, humanoid but twisted, their limbs oddly jointed, eyes glinting with malice. There were three of them, circling me with coordinated precision. I tightened my grip on the sword, my blacksmith's muscles tensing in readiness. The first creature lunged, its claws extended, aiming for my throat. I sidestepped, narrowly avoiding its grasp, and brought the sword down in a wide arc, feeling it connect with a sickening thud. The creature howled, a sound that was both human and not, as it staggered back. The other two attacked in unison, one from the front and one from behind. I ducked, feeling the wind from their missed strikes, and thrust upwards with my blade, catching one in the abdomen. The creature screeched, collapsing to the ground. The last one was more cautious, circling me, looking for an opening. I feigned a momentary lapse in concentration, and as it leaped, I spun and drove the sword deep into its chest. It gurgled, a dark fluid oozing from its wound, and fell lifeless beside its companions. Panting, I surveyed the scene, my heart pounding in my chest. The creatures lay still, their twisted forms demonstration of the bone collector's perversion of nature. I wiped my blade on the grass and sheathed it, knowing this was just the beginning. The real horror lay ahead, in the heart of the collector's lair. The lair of the bone collector loomed ahead, a decrepit fortress swallowed by overgrown vegetation and the relentless grip of time. Its walls, made of dark stone, rose like jagged teeth against the night sky, and the air was dense with a sense of dread that clung to my skin like cold sweat. I approached cautiously, avoiding the main gate, its ominous presence warning of certain traps. Instead, I found a small, hidden entrance near the base of the wall, partially concealed by thick ivy. The narrow passage smelled of earth and decay, and I had to stoop to enter, the weight of the fortress pressing down around me. Inside, the corridor was lit by torches. I moved silently, aware that sound was as much an enemy as the creatures that inhabited this place. The corridor branched off in several directions. I chose a path at random, my hand grazing the rough stone wall for guidance. The further I went, the more oppressive the atmosphere became. There were sounds in the distance, 
the clanking of chains, the occasional muffled scream that made my blood run cold. I stumbled upon a room, its door ajar. Peering inside, I saw shelves lined with jars, each containing a grotesque specimen. Human bones, artfully arranged and preserved. The sight was macabre, evidence of the bone collector's twisted obsession. I felt a surge of revulsion but pushed it down, reminding myself of the reason I was here. As I ventured deeper, the layout became more complex, designed to disorient and trap. I marked my path with small scratches on the wall, a silent breadcrumb trail to guide my return. Suddenly a shadow moved ahead of me. I pressed myself against the wall, holding my breath. A figure shuffled past, hunched and cloaked, its attention fixed on something in its hands. I waited until it was gone before continuing, my heart pounding a frantic rhythm. The deeper I went, the more the horrors revealed themselves. Rooms filled with macabre trophies, halls adorned with human bones, the air heavy with the stench of death. But there was no sign of my sister, nor of the bone collector himself. In my search for my sister, I came across a chamber that stopped me in my tracks. The room was vast, the walls adorned with human bones arranged in grotesque patterns. Skulls with hollow eye sockets seemed to stare at me, and ribcages were mounted like macabre trophies. The floor was littered with bone fragments. In the centre of this chamber stood the bone collector himself. He was a tall, gaunt figure, his back to me, engrossed in his work. Before him lay a table, and on it a body, thankfully not my sister's, but someone who had once been someone's loved one. The collector's hands moved with a craftsman's precision, extracting bones with a chilling meticulousness. The sound of bone being separated from flesh was stark and unyielding. I retreated from the chamber, my heart racing with both fear and fury. I had to find my sister before she became part of this nightmare. Avoiding the bone collector's gaze, I slipped away, moving as quietly as I could. The lair seemed to go on forever, a never-ending series of hallways and rooms, each more horrifying than the last. I stumbled upon cells, some occupied, some empty. The prisoners watched me with eyes filled with despair and hope. I whispered promises to return for them, my mission clear. Finally, I heard a voice, soft and familiar. My sister's. I followed the sound, my steps quickening, until I reached a locked door. Peering through the small barred window, I saw her. She was alive, but her face was pale, her eyes filled with terror. Our eyes met, and a silent understanding passed between us. I was here to save her. But the door was locked, and I had no key. I needed to find a way to open it, and quickly. The knowledge that the bone collector was so close that he could return at any moment filled me with a desperate urgency. I scanned the hallway, looking for anything that could help. Just down the corridor, I noticed a guard station, likely to have keys. Moving swiftly and silently, I approached the station. Inside, a lone minion, grotesque in form, hunched over a table, its back turned to me. On the wall hung a set of keys. I needed those keys. As quietly as I could, I crept into the room. The floorboards creaked under my weight and the minions stirred. I held my breath, praying I wouldn't be noticed. 
Fortunately, the creature settled back into its position, distracted by whatever lay on the table. Reaching the wall, I carefully lifted the keyring. Just as I turned to leave, the minion turned its head, its eyes meeting mine in a moment of chilling realization. Without a second's hesitation, I bolted from the room, the sound of the creature's enraged howl echoing behind me. I raced down the corridor, the keys jingling loudly in my hand. I could hear the minion giving chase, its heavy footsteps a sign of the danger I was in. I reached the door to my sister's cell, fumbling with the keys in my trembling hands. Behind me, the minion's footsteps grew louder, closer. Finally, I found the right key and turned it in the lock. The door swung open, and I ushered my sister out just as the minion rounded the corner. Run! I urged her, grabbing her hand. We sprinted down the hallway, the sounds of pursuit hot on our heels. My sister, weak from her captivity, struggled to keep up, so I scooped her into my arms, carrying her as I navigated the corridors. We ducked into a side passage, hoping to lose our pursuer. My heart pounded in my chest, a relentless drum driving us forward. We could not afford to be caught, not now when freedom was so close. With my sister in my arms, I navigated the twisting corridors, each turn a gamble between safety and peril. The passageways now rang with the sounds of our desperate flight. Our brief respite was shattered when we rounded a corner and came face to face with a group of the Bone Collector's guards. They were ghastly, their forms twisted and monstrous, a grotesque parody of humanity. Their eyes glowed with a malevolent light, and they moved towards us with a hunger for violence. I gently set my sister down behind a pillar, whispering, Stay here. Stay hidden. I gripped the hilt of my sword, the familiar weight of the blade a small comfort. The first guard lunged, a jagged blade in its hand aiming for my heart. I parried the attack, the clash of metal ringing through the air. I countered with a swift thrust, the blade finding its mark. The guard fell with a guttural cry, dark blood pooling on the stone floor. Another guard attacked, its movements erratic and unpredictable. I dodged and weaved, looking for an opening. It swung wildly, and I seized the opportunity, stepping in close and driving my sword upward under its ribcage. The creature let out a pained shriek, collapsing to the ground. The remaining guards hesitated, their confidence faltering at the sight of their fallen comrades. I didn't give them a chance to regroup. I advanced, my strikes precise and deadly. One by one, the guards fell until only one remained. This last guard was larger, more cunning than the others. We circled each other, a deadly dance in the dim light of the corridor. It charged, and I sidestepped, but not fast enough. Pain seared my side as its blade grazed me. Gritting my teeth, I ignored the wound, focusing on the enemy before me. The guard came at me again, overconfident. This time I was ready. With a quick step forward, I feinted to the left and then struck to the right, my blade slicing through its defense and into its throat. The guard gurgled, dropping its weapon as it clutched at its neck, and then fell to the floor lifeless. Breathing heavily, I wiped my blade on my pants and hurried back to my sister. She was where I had left her, wide-eyed but unharmed. It's okay, I said, though my voice was anything but steady. 
Let's keep moving, we're not safe yet. With my sister leaning on me for support, we pressed on, moving deeper into the bowels. The passageways grew narrower, the air staler, as if even the very breath of the place was steeped in malice. The walls were lined with more bones, some human, some not, arranged in macabre patterns that seemed to watch us as we passed. Every creak and whisper in the darkness set us on edge. As we navigated this maze of horror, we came upon a section of the corridor that was different. The floor here was littered with intricate carvings, each one more complex than the last. I realised with a sinking feeling that we had stumbled into a trap-laden area, the carvings likely hiding deadly mechanisms. I instructed my sister to stay close and follow my steps exactly. Moving with utmost care, I tested each stone before putting my weight on it, watching for any sign of movement. Sweat beaded on my forehead, the fear of triggering a trap almost as paralysing as the thought of facing the bone collector again. We were halfway through when a click sounded under my foot. Time slowed as I realised my mistake. Acting on instinct, I threw my sister forward and leapt away as a section of the wall swung open, releasing a flurry of darts where we had just stood. We lay there for a moment, panting, hearts racing in our chests. It was a close call. Too close. Once we regained our composure, we continued, more cautious than ever. The traps grew more complex, but we navigated each one, a silent, grim dance against death. Finally, we emerged from the trap-laden corridor, finding ourselves in a large, cavernous room. The ceiling was high above us, lost in shadows, and the room was filled with rows upon rows of cages. In them, I could see the shapes of people, some moving feebly, others ominously still. My sister gasped at the sight, her face a mask of horror. The reality of what this place was, a prison of souls taken for the Collector's sick desires, hit us with full force. We moved among the cages, my sister calling out softly, hoping to find familiar faces, friends, anyone from our village. The imprisoned souls, some too weak to stand, looked up as we passed, their eyes reflecting hopelessness and faint, rekindled hope. My sister's voice, though soft, echoed in the vast space as she called out, seeking any familiar face from our village. As we moved between the rows of cages, a weak voice called out to us, Help! Please! The plea came from a shadowed corner. Approaching cautiously, we saw a man, his body battered and his clothes tattered. Despite his obvious pain, his eyes were sharp, defiance still burning within them. We're trying to escape, I whispered, glancing around to ensure we weren't overheard. Do you know a way out? The man coughed, his voice a hoarse whisper. I've been here longer than most, he said. There's a passage, hidden behind the wall in the eastern corner. It leads to the outer grounds. But be warned, it's guarded. I nodded, a surge of gratitude for this glimmer of hope. Thank you, I said. What's your name? Edmund, he replied, a slight smile touching his lips. I was a hunter once. My sister reached through the bars, gently squeezing his hand. We'll come back for you, she promised, her voice thick with emotion. Leaving Edmund, we made our way to the eastern corner of the room. True to his word, we found a section of the wall that seemed different. 
Upon closer inspection, I discovered a hidden lever, cleverly disguised. I pulled it, and with a quiet grinding sound, the wall slid open, revealing a narrow passage. We slipped through the opening, but not before I took one last look at the cages. I silently vowed to return for those souls, to end their nightmare. The passage was dim and musty, the air stale. We moved cautiously, aware of Edmund's warning about the guards. After what felt like an eternity, the passage opened into a small chamber, and there, standing between us and our freedom, were two of the Bone Collector's guards. These guards were different, more alert and deadly in appearance. Each held a wickedly sharp spear, their eyes trained on us with a predator's focus. I set my sister behind me, gripping my sword tightly. Stay back, I murmured. The guards advanced, their spears poised to strike. The guards, with their lethal spears and honed skills, were formidable opponents. They moved with a coordination that suggested training and a singular purpose. I knew that I had to be faster, smarter. As the first guard thrust his spear toward me, I sidestepped, using his momentum against him. I swung my sword, aiming for his arm. Metal clashed against metal, and his spear clattered to the ground. Before he could recover, I delivered a swift kick, sending him sprawling to the floor. The second guard attacked, his movements more cautious, but no less deadly. I parried his strikes, each clash sending jolts through my arms. I feigned a misstep, and as he lunged forward, I twisted away, using my sword to disarm him. With a fluid motion, I brought the hilt of my sword down onto his head, knocking him unconscious. Breathing heavily, I glanced at my sister. Her eyes were wide with fear. We need to keep moving, I said. And she nodded. We ventured further, the passage leading us deeper into the heart of the lair. Eventually, we emerged into a grand chamber, the likes of which I had never seen. It was vast and opulent, with high ceilings and walls adorned with intricate carvings. But it was the centre of the room that caught and held our attention. There, on a raised dais, sat the bone collector. He was surrounded by his collection, bones of every shape and size arranged in morbid displays of his twisted artistry. The air was thick with the smell of death and something else, something darker, a taint that seemed to seep into the very stones. The bone collector looked up, his eyes meeting mine. There was a cold intelligence in that gaze, a calculating malevolence. So, the blacksmith's apprentice has come, he said, his voice like the scraping of bone on stone. You have spirit, I'll give you that. I gripped my sword, my jaw set. I'm here for my sister and for all those you've harmed. He chuckled, a sound devoid of humour. Bravery and foolishness often walk hand in hand. He stood, and as he did, the room seemed to grow colder. But you are too late. The collection is nearly complete. Your collection will be your end, I said, my voice steady. The bone collector sneered. We shall see. The bone collector stood before us, his stature imposing, surrounded by his grotesque trophies. You have spirit, blacksmith, he hissed, but spirit cannot save you here. I tightened my grip on the sword, its familiar weight a reassurance in this den of madness. We're leaving, I stated, 
a simple declaration of intent. My sister stood resolute beside me, her eyes defiant despite the ordeal she had endured. With a cruel smile, the bone collector moved with surprising speed, reaching for a weapon that was as twisted and vile as himself. The blade was long, jagged, fashioned from the bones of his victims. Many have tried to leave, he taunted, circling us like a predator. All have become part of my collection. I knew that words were useless against such a monster. This would be a battle of steel and will. He lunged, the bone blade slicing through the air with a sickening whistle. I parried with my sword, sparks flying from the contact. My sister, seizing an opportunity, threw a handful of dust from the floor into the bone collector's eyes. Blinded momentarily, he staggered back, cursing. We didn't relent. We attacked in tandem, moving with a desperation and urgency born from the horrors we'd witnessed. The bone collector was skilled, but his arrogance was his downfall. He hadn't expected his prey to fight back with such ferocity. I feinted a strike, and as he moved to block, my sister struck, her smaller frame allowing her to slip beneath his guard. Her knife, a simple tool she'd managed to conceal, found its mark. The bone collector howled, a sound that was both human and alien, as he stumbled backward. Seizing the moment, I lunged forward, driving my sword into his chest. The impact sent a shockwave through my arms, but I held firm. The bone collector looked down at the blade protruding from his chest, an expression of disbelief on his twisted face. As he fell, the chamber seemed to shudder, as if his hold on the lair was the only thing keeping it together. We knew we had to escape before this place became our tomb. Supporting my sister, who was weakened, we made our way out of the chamber. Behind us, the bone collector's body lay still. His reign of terror finally at an end. The lair of the bone collector, now devoid of its master's malevolent presence, seemed to unravel at the seams. The walls groaned and trembled, stones falling like the tears of the tormented souls once trapped within. My sister, leaning heavily against me, mustered her remaining strength as we hastened towards escape. The ceiling crumbled in places, sending showers of debris clattering to the floor. We dodged falling rocks and navigated through the collapsing corridors, the terror of being buried alive propelling us forward. In our frantic escape, we stumbled upon the prisoner's chamber. The sight of the cages, now a potential tomb for those still trapped, reignited a fierce determination within me. We can't leave them, I said, my voice barely audible over the din. With haste, we began unlocking the cages, the keys we had taken from the guard earlier proving invaluable. The prisoners, weakened but driven by the instinct to survive, stumbled out, their eyes reflecting disbelief and newfound hope. Follow us, I shouted, leading this ragtag group of survivors. We moved together, a tide of humanity pushing against the death throes of the lair. The passageways felt like a narrowing tunnel, squeezing the life out of the forsaken place. As we neared the exit, a loud, thunderous crack reverberated. A massive beam from the ceiling above came crashing down, blocking our path. Panic surged through the group, but we couldn't let fear paralyze us. Here, help me move this, 
I called out, my hands grappling with the debris. Others joined in, their combined strength slowly shifting the beam enough to create a narrow passage. One by one, we squeezed through, the sound of the lair's demise roaring in our ears. We emerged into the cool night air, the freedom an almost surreal contrast to the hell we had just escaped. The ground beneath us still trembled, and as we moved away, the lair collapsed in on itself, a final crushing end to the bone collector's reign. Panting, bruised and covered in dust, we all paused to look back at the ruins. The nightmare was over, but the memories of what had transpired within those damned walls would haunt us forever. The journey back to the village was a solemn procession, a band of survivors marked by the ordeal they had endured. The first light of dawn painted the sky in hues of pale gold and pink. My sister, her steps faltering from exhaustion and relief, leaned on me for support. Around us, the other survivors whispered prayers of thanks or wept silently, their emotions a tangled web of relief and trauma. As we entered the village, a murmur of disbelief and shock rippled through the streets. People emerged from their homes, their eyes widening at the sight of the bedraggled survivors. Soon, a crowd gathered, a mix of joyous reunions and grief-stricken discoveries. Families embraced their returned loved ones, while others wept for those who did not return. I guided my sister to our home, the familiar sight a balm to our frayed spirits. Inside, we collapsed in each other's arms, allowing the pent-up emotions to wash over us. Our tears were a blend of sorrow for the horrors witnessed and gratitude for our deliverance. The village, once oppressed by the shadow of the bone collector, slowly began to stir to life. The survivors' stories spread, tales of horror and bravery, of a blacksmith who dared to defy the darkness. My own wounds, both physical and emotional, were slow to heal, but I found solace in the forge, the heat of the fire and the rhythm of the hammer, a therapeutic balm. In the days following our return, a pervasive sense of unease settled over the village. The fear was an invisible shroud that clung to every shadow and whispered through the trees. I couldn't shake the feeling that the terror we thought we had left behind in the ruins was, in fact, still very much with us. Determined to protect my sister and the village, I started patrolling the forest edges where the shadowy figure had been seen. Each step felt heavy. The forest seemed to harbour unseen threats in its dark recesses. It was during one of these patrols that I stumbled upon the clue that would unravel the mystery. Hidden in the underbrush, I found an amulet, its design similar to the ones I had seen in the bone collector's chamber. As I examined it, a chill ran down my spine. This was not a relic left behind in a hurried escape. It was fresh, deliberately placed. Then it hit me. We had been dealing with more than one monster. The Bone Collector had a twin, a revelation that made a twisted kind of sense. The tales of his omnipresence, the sheer number of his atrocities. It wasn't the work of one man, but two. This twin, unknown and unseen, had been the shadow to his brother's flame, equally twisted and now driven by a vengeful rage for his brother's downfall. The village wasn't safe. The nightmare wasn't over. I returned to the village, my mind racing with this new knowledge, 
The villagers needed to be warned, preparations made. But how do you prepare for an enemy shrouded in mystery, one who has already woven themselves into the darkest chapters of your history? The following nights were tense, patrols were doubled, and the villagers kept their doors locked and windows barred. My sister and I huddled together in our home, the forge cold and silent, as we waited for a threat that lurked just out of sight. Then one night, the inevitable happened. A scream shattered the fragile peace, sending a ripple of fear through the village. I grabbed my sword and rushed out, my heart pounding with fear and anger. In the village square, chaos reigned. A figure, cloaked and hooded, stood in the centre, an unsettling mirror of the bone collector. But this one was different, his aura one of cold, calculated rage rather than mad obsession. You took my brother from me, the figure hissed, his voice a chilling echo of the bone collector. Now I will take everything from you. The villagers cowered, but I stepped forward, sword in hand. We are not afraid of you, I declared, though my voice betrayed the tremor of fear. The figure laughed, a sound devoid of warmth. You should be. He vanished as quickly as he appeared, leaving a trail of whispered threats and a village gripped by fear. 